We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sixth Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. Today is May 22nd, 2023. Jonathan Osborne, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on? Oh, man, I, I think this has been the longest break that we've had in a little while. We had an extra night. That is the one thing I do like of many things. One of the things that I like about the time that we get to do the lottery watch party is that we always spend typically on a Tuesday, and then we get you know another night night break. It was weird. I felt like yesterday. I was like, I started itching a little bit. I was like, man, I I think I'm supposed to be on the mic right now, and uh, we're we're here and we're we're back with a, a fun episode. No, yeah, it was uh, it was nice having that extra day break because you record Sunday night, then you record Tuesday night at the draft lottery, which was a ton of fun. By the way, I just wanted to take a moment and. To shout out everybody that that came through. I think by our count, we had like close to 400, maybe more than 400 people there. It was a great time. Everybody had a ton of fun. It was fun getting to record the show. And shout out to like the whole Wall Street Plaza and yeah. the folks that helped uh, you know, set up the event and set up the stage and everything because they were like, hey, when you guys are done, we're going to tear down. And then we were like, well, we're trying to figure out where we're going to record. And then they were like, hey, you guys can just record here. We'll put a camera on you, broadcast it to the screen, put the audio over all of like the PA audio so everyone will be able to hear you guys. And then that was like our official like first ever like kind of live show. We had a little bit of like fan interaction there. The folks that were kind of hanging out behind us. It was so much fun. When the Magic put their faith in us to partner like for events like this, we do our best to prepare like the, the best that we can to, to bring like the best product possible and make it as fun as we can. But it means nothing without you all showing up and enjoying yourselves, having a good time. Cause like all of the owners on wall street plaza were like, when you guys want to come back, you let us know, like you guys absolutely killed it. So we owe all of that to you all. And as we go forward and we have, more watch parties next season, especially as we get ready for the playoffs, having like a, a good reputation that like, Hey, these guys are going to bring people. People talk about the magic and how like the magic don't have fans. Tell me, look at that, those photos from that night and tell me that the magic don't have fans. Luke, it was just a, a great night. Yeah. And specifically we shouted out wall street, but really the man who deserves a huge shout out from us even more so is Ryan. Uh, with Wall Street. I believe he's one of the bar owners there. He's kind of taken the reins on the entertainment aspect of Wall Street. So shout out to Ryan um, and just how great he was to work with. Easy, um, made things great for us. And we also had a lot of, you know, the news stations that were out there more than we, you know, really knew of. But, you know, Danielle Stein uh, with Spectrum. Um, and I believe Josh is his name who also came out and worked with her. Josh I, Miller. I, 
yes, Josh. So shout out Josh, um, Danielle uh, with Spectrum, the Magic, Maria and her team with the Magic that came out and got good video. TJ, uh, who does a lot of social media stuff with the Magic, uh, just from top to bottom. You know the Magic organization in general. So DJ Strong came out. DJ Strong came out. The uh, the hype crew, all that kind of stuff. They did some giveaways. You guys, uh, you know, obviously loved the 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 Paolo Ball sign ball giveaway. Kevin knocked it out of the park with the trivia. It was just a, a great night all around. I also, Jonathan, for the first time in my life, got to be the pretty girl at the bar. It was awesome. I, I was sitting there before we be started. No, I don't care what you're about to say after. You were absolutely not the pretty girl nope. at the bar, my guy. I was the pretty girl at the bar. Guy came up to me. He said, hey, man, my name's so-and-so. You know, this happened a couple a couple times. Which is why I say I, get to, I got to be the pretty girl. I love your content. Love your show. Can I get you a drink? I said, absolutely, you can get me a drink. Whiskey and Coke, baby. <laughs> hook me up so um yeah shout out to everybody that did that um there's a few of you one guy came up to all of us and was like hey can i get you guys around that was near the end of the night and we we're you know wrapping up and all that but man just it never gets old getting to to talk with you guys those that are listening to us twice a week for 52 weeks out of the year you guys exist um and and you guys were there and you guys showed up you showed out um and treated us awesome and and we are so proud to you know know that you guys are listening to the show and and giving your support and in so many ways so really appreciate you guys the wildest and most humbling thing for me is i I was telling you all this you know me you and and kevin and my wife that came with us and was hanging out at Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> while Kevin was editing the whole video from the other night. Like it's so easy for us to lose like sight of the scale of what is happening because most weeks, twice a week, it's me, you and, and Kevin, and we're just sitting at our computers mm-hmm. and we're talking into these microphones. But seeing four hundred people come out, like four hundred Orlando Magic fans, it ain't about us, y'all. It's about the magic. And seeing people come out in droves to get excited about the team, to show the team that they're you know, uh, supporting and just to be around other Magic fans is the craziest thing in the world. But when people come up to us and they're like, hey, man, like just thank you for what you guys are doing. Mm. Like we don't, we're, we're not asking for that. Like we don't need the thanks, but for people to like see what we're trying to do, like I don't want to take all the credit here because there's so many people that are behind like everything that's gone on. Obviously the Magic, we're a, a huge help and and wall street put on like a crazy event, but to see like what our mission statement is, which is growing magic fans in number, in knowledge, in passion. And to to see like we bust our, you know, what's every freaking week doing this. We have a blast doing this when you set out on a mission and like slowly, but surely you're starting to see results. It's like going to the gym. Every time you go to the gym, the muscles don't get bigger. You don't always lift more. But you look six months down the road, and you're like, "I'm looking pretty good. I, I'm these these sixty pound dumbbells are, are are not as heavy as they once were, you know." So it's just like this is the most fun thing in the world that we get to do every week, and it sounds cliche, but it is a fact that it is not even remotely possible without you all, you listening to this right now, you watching this right now. It does not happen without you guys. So like as much as we can take credit for this, like it is truly everybody, man. And that's what's so exciting as the team continues to get better as the city gets more excited about the team. Like this stuff, is, it's just going to keep growing. Like that's what's so exciting for me is like I want this team that we love so much and we feel is deserving of a diehard fan base. Like we want to be a, a big part of making that a reality. And you all coming out to these events, bringing your friends who may not really care about the magic, but when they see 400 people going crazy about these 18-year-old kids that you might be able to pick in a draft, like that is what makes, like that's what radicalizes and, and makes fanatics. This is how you mm-hmm. grow a fan base, y'all. So we just need to keep doing what we're doing, all of us. Everybody that is a part of this community, whether you're on Twitter, on Facebook, if you come out to these, if you're in our Patreon, like whatever, We've been going through it for a long time and the future is so bright for this team. And it's just, it's awesome, man. I could talk about it forever. Yeah. Well, 
aside from the draft lottery watch party that has now come and gone, uh, coming up on June 22nd, basically a month from when you're listening to this now, June 22nd, I'm looking to see what night of the week that is. That is a Thursday night starting at 6.30. There's going to be a draft party at Amway Center. You know we're going to be there. Uh, try to do something really special for the fans. We'll probably talk to the Magic, see what they want to do, see if they can help us out with that by any means. Normally, we would go to Harry Buffalo in pregame before the draft party. RIP Harry Buffalo. So we've got to kind of figure out that element because we're going to do something before the draft party. We just need to kind of figure out what that is going to look like. But we'd love to see all of you hang out with you all again and make sure that you come to the draft party because just two more pieces to what is a, a super exciting time for the Orlando Magic. Again, that's going to be June 22nd. It's a Thursday night at 630. You can go to OrlandoMagic.com right now. And you have to reserve your tickets for the draft party. You can get up to four per person, but they are free. They don't cost you anything. So you have no excuse. If you're in downtown Orlando that night, it doesn't cost you anything to come out and hang out. So we'll be talking about it every episode between now and the draft. Again, June 22nd at 630. Luke, we know that's going to be a lot of fun. Luke alluded to it kind of at the top of the show. One of our most look forward to episodes, I think, of the offseason, talking about draft prospects. So we have Keandre from Hoop and Elect. If you're not familiar with Keandre, we're going to get to the, the interview with him and the conversation with him in a few minutes. Be prepared to be thoroughly impressed by this kid's basketball knowledge and his knowledge of, of draft prospects in general. This kid follows all of these prospects for years and years and years throughout the high school circuit, international play, collegiate, whatever alternative professional league they play in. This kid all year round, all year, every year is not always watching the best basketball games to to get a pulse on some of these draft prospects. So we have a great conversation with Keandre talking about six, talking about the Magic's pick at 11, talking about the Thompson twins and the level of competition that those guys played against. And are those concerns legitimate? Are they not? Who are the best picks for the Magic to take at 6 and 11? Will a guy like Grady Dick be there at 11? So make sure that you stay tuned for that entire conversation with Keandre. was a ton of fun, Luke. Yeah, and, and like you said, the, the knowledge is very apparent. He, he has to pause to think about which way he wants to go when he is talking because he knows that there's about 10 avenues he can take to talk about this prospect, but he does a great job tying it together with you know, not only their their talents, but tying those talents, strengths, and weaknesses together with what would fit with the magic. Had a lot of great conversation in there. Took some of your Twitter questions as well, guys, and put them in here. I believe we got two or three of them. So stay tuned for those. We might have used one of your questions and uh just great to talk with Keandre. Last like pre-draft was such a grind, even though it was super exciting having the number one overall pick, having the conversation around Jabari, Paolo, and Chet again and again and again. Like after mm-hmm. like the fourth or fifth time, you and I were like, we're just yeah. ready to get to the draft, you know? Yeah. And just having so many different directions that the Magic could go, this being a stacked draft and being a lot of guys that you would probably feel comfortable taking at six, but then you also have the 11th pick and like the amount of guys that may or may not be available there that you're targeting, plus some of the guys that, it might be a little bit of a reach, but maybe not that much of a reach if you were to take those guys at 11. So, yeah, a ton of fun talking to Keandre. We'll get to that interview in just a second. But before we do that, we need to shout out the folks that help financially support every single episode, our lovely, wonderful, magical patrons. So if you're not familiar, we do have a Patreon community. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. If you like the show, you like what we're doing, you like the in-person events, the mission that we have, the community that we're trying to build, and you want to help support that, the more that you all support this, the more that we can do. We don't talk about this a lot on this show, but it is our goal and our hope and our dream that eventually we could do this full time. The more time that we're able to dedicate just to this, we're able to bring you guys more quality content and just a, a more quantity of content 
if I'm being frank. So that's a long-term goal. Uh, but if you want to join us today and help support us now at the level that we're at, again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, where as little as $2 a month, you can help us do everything that we're trying to do and everything that we want to do in the future. We shout out brand new patrons every single time that we have them. And then we shout out our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons on every episode. And don't forget our Elite Tier patrons, even going into next season, that's going to help you get discounts off of Orlando Magic home game regular season tickets. So if you're looking to get discounts on Orlando Magic tickets next season, now is a great time to join our Elite Tier. But again, we shout out our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons on every single episode. So let's go ahead and start with the Court Cousins. And then Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, Ayo, Pierre A, Nostalgia and Eminem, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, good to see a Bill at the watch party, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahan 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo Ban Himro, Arm Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spanked Too Hard, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Fanimal 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Bull Bull. His first name is his last name. Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, and our newest patron, Fritz. A big shout out to Fritz and all of our patrons. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Keandre from Hoop Intellect. All right, Magic fans, we are joined by a very special guest returning to the show, becoming a, a little bit of a six-man show regular, but he is the go-to on YouTube for all things NBA draft prospects, our boy Keandre from Hoop Intellect. Keandre, welcome back to the show, man. How are you, and how's the last year been for you? Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me on once again. It was definitely fun coming on here last year. And yeah, you know, uh, over the last year, it's been um, really good on YouTube, just working and doing my thing and then just trying to progress as much as possible. So yeah, thanks to to communities, those small team communities like yourself, you know, it's been it's been good and then kind of elevating the channel even further. We were talking before we started here, because as we get into like draft lottery season, I'm like, all right, I gotta, I don't have time, you know, and I don't watch college basketball during the season. I'm so, you know, tuned into the magic Lucas as well. So we're like, all right, we got to go see what Keandre thinks about these guys. And I was like, you know what today, before we jumped on here, I'm like, let me go back and see what Keandre said about Paolo. Cause I know you had him number one on your big board last year. Obviously he ended up being the pick for the Orlando magic and we're all ecstatic about that. 
And I was like, how right was Keandre about Paolo? And it was like bar for bar, <laughs> you just point for point. You had Paolo down to a T. And uh, yeah, man, it, my, one of my buddies, I told him that we were having you on again. He's like, did he have Paolo number one last year? I was like, yeah, he did. And we wanted Jabari. We had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> He's like, all right, then I'll listen to him. Because we obviously we showed last year that we don't know what we're talking about. But uh, Keandre is the man that does. And, and Luke, we're, we're glad to have him back. Yeah, for sure. Any any time that you can have. A, and I told Jonathan and I were talking about, you know, prior to you coming on the show and how we wanted to to do things on this. I know Jonathan, for a fact, has watched more film than I have up to this point. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm happy that, you know, for the listeners who haven't maybe done as much research or haven't gotten into the draft as much so far. I, to be honest, Kondra, you you might not like hearing this. I This is... The draft season is one of my least favorite parts of the year because I this is just not my wheelhouse at all. And I just pretty much end up like my opinion is like the latest person's video I've watched on a prospect. <laughs> you know what I mean? So but I'm going to basically bring the viewpoint this episode of for those that haven't done a lot of research, haven't watched a lot of film um, and just be able to get your take on that. So I'm excited that we're able to have kind of two sides of the coin and, and asking you questions. And we've also got some Twitter questions as well from our, our followers that, you know, dropped a lot of stuff. So I'll pick and choose kind of the best of those. So definitely uh, excited for this episode. So Keandre, I want to, I want to kind of get right into it here before we talk about six and 11 and who the magic, you know, may take there, who you have kind of ranked in that range. What is your like current, like most up-to-date view on the magic and like what some of their needs may be going into this draft? Yeah, so, I mean, the Magic are in a pretty good spot overall. I mean, obviously getting Paulo last year, winning Rookie of the Year, having a year that he did. And then, of course, you have, you know, Franz Wagner, all the other young talent on the team, Jalen Suggs. Um, you know, the list goes on and on of, of guys who, um, at the very least, will be contributors at a high level in the future. Um, so, for the Magic, I think... They found their guys for the most part, the guys that they want to build around. Obviously, you know, if Victor Wembanyama would have been there, you know, that's another guy you'd gladly add in. Um, but they have kind of their guys and they're the ones that they want to build around most. And it, I think now is kind of about maximizing them. Um, why not also not sacrificing like just solely going for fit or, you know, going a completely different direction in terms of like the talent available, just to solely, you know, fill this need, but to get more shooting around them, space the floor, kind of help unlock, you know, what they do best. Um, that'd be kind of my vision for, you know, this coming draft for the Magic. And then also just in the future with, um, you know, signing guards in free agency or, you know, getting that, you know, creator um, at the guard spot that you, you know, really want that kind of moves the needle and does a little bit, does some things that maybe Markel Fultz or Jalen Suggs or whoever else just doesn't. Um, so that's kind of the, the the overall vision to kind of take that next step for the Magic and also obviously just building internally and development from the young guys and then just keep growing from there. Um, yeah. Let me ask uh, you this really quickly. Sorry, Luke. No, you're good. DeAndre, in previous drafts, we've really gone into it like, hey, you can't really worry about fit. You just need to get the best player available because the Magic were searching for their guy. You alluded to this a little bit in your answer to my last question. But do you think the Magic can afford to say, look, these guys are pretty close. Even though this guy might be a little bit better overall, this guy is going to be a better fit. Do you think the Magic can afford to evaluate these players like that this time around? Yeah, I think especially being in like 6 and 11, those spots of the draft, it gets a little bit more, it's a lot closer in terms of like the caliber of player or, you know, what direction you could go in, especially at 11. Um so I do think that they can afford to go in a certain, like if, if uh, let's say a, a certain specific prospect needs the ball in his hands or, you know, would need to be featured to unlock what he does best, then of course you would want to go in a different direction because you have Paulo and you have, you know, Franz who are, have proven already in the league that they can do that and do it at a high level and win games. Um, so I think they'll naturally have that in mind who kind of, Seuss this best who fits here and but also at the same time we'll be able to to kind of get that best player available and kind of mold them in, into what they want if i'm let's say that, that we are the orlando magic front office and as far as speaking to the same vein right where the magic don't have to necessarily take a home run 
it can just be a guy that, you know, that is safe and has a, a solid floor. If I came to you, Keandre, and I said, in this draft, you have the sixth pick with the Magic. We just want you to go out and pick somebody that is the safest and is going to be able to contribute right away. Who in that range is kind of fits that mold? Yeah, so it'll be interesting to kind of see where things go because things could get interesting with Charlotte and, and Portland and all those you know potential trades and everything right there. Um, but at six, I think you're looking at you're looking at Cam Whitmore, Asar Thompson, uh, Jarris Walker, Taylor Hendricks. That's kind of the the main wheelhouse for that sort of range. Um, and I like all of those guys. I think you could go in any of those directions. We're talking about just from day one being able to contribute. It's it's tough because I all of them have, you know, certain things that I feel like they still need to work on. I think potentially, I don't know. I don't know if I if I can go just hard on one one specific prospect in that spot. Um, obviously we look at what Grady Dick brings to the table and we know what he's going to do. Um, that's another guy who's kind of in that six to 11 range, probably more on the back end of that. Um, but from those original, you know, four or five that I mentioned, I think, you know, what Taylor Hendricks brings to the table, I think that's probably the, the one that you'd be like, I know what he's going to bring. He might not have the same type of upside as, you know, some of the other guys, which I would probably go in the other direction because of that. But like just from a day one perspective, with his you know movement ability on defense, being able to both you know guard out in space and switch, and also protect the rim at a high level, also being able to finish plays with his athleticism, um, and then shoot the three and, and you know space the floor that way, that would be kind of enticing for a, a Magic team in a situation like this, um, I would say. But like, there's. They do so many different things at that spot. It'd be, you know, a difficult decision. But um, day one, that probably would be where I'd go. A guy that you just mentioned specifically, Jairus, uh, Jairus Walker. The the four that you mentioned is really like the consensus. Like every Magic fan is like, well, if a man in a, a SAR go four and five, then you're looking at like Cam Whitmore. You're looking at Taylor Hendricks. You're looking at Jairus Walker right there. But if it gets switched and like Cam goes in the top five and, you know, Asar is there at six, you know, the Magic really have a lot to think about there. But Jairus Walker is a guy that, you know, my, the first time I watched your breakdown of him, I was like, OK, like I see the value that he brings, but I'm just not sure of the fit and like the long term offensive upside. What is it about Jairus Walker? Because if the Magic go big in you know six or 11 that guy is most likely coming in off the bench you've got Franz you've got Paolo you've got Wendell you know really as you as you're 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 starting a you know a front court there Jairus Walker how do you see him kind of fitting in with that magic roster because I see some redundancy with him and Wendell I feel like they have some similarities not a ton but enough that if you're looking to replicate what they do in the starting lineup with Wendell Jairus Walker is a guy that you may be able to plug in and play a similar role. What are your thoughts on that, Keandre? Yeah, it's 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 tough because, you know, it isn't the, the greatest fit for this Magic team. I think what he brings to the table, though, as a defensive versatility and just being able to to guard multiple players in the front court and be able to, to cover ground well and protect the rim some – the thing is, is he's not the biggest. He's not like a natural center where a guy you just be like, okay, he can come in back up five or he can, you know, potentially play alongside Wendell for minutes. Like, I, I think that he could do that. But like when you have Paul and Franz, just the way that the, the lineups might work and stagger, um, it might not maximize when there's other options out there. Um, but with him, with him in the lineup, um, and that's the thing about it being at six. You want a guy who could potentially start for you for for the long term. Um, I don't know if I necessarily see that, but I do enjoy his playmaking, his ability to, to you know make plays in a number of different spots. I'm more confident in his shot than a lot of other people. I think the improvements that he's made over the last couple of years, dating back to high school and coming you know into Houston, taking some of the backwards lean out from three and um, just mechanically being being solid and repeatable uh, is definitely. Um, encouraging long term, um, but yeah, like I said, like it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to 
see how they would manage that. I think you've got the other guys. You've got Cam, who does kind of more naturally fit as a wing, um, somebody who cuts well, uh, you know, moves well without the ball, can knock down a spot three. Um, you've got Asar, who is great at that as well, um, and kind of is able to defend at the point of attack and defend guards much better. So that kind of fits a little easier next to, um, you know, that main core, you know, three in the front court. Um, but yeah, so I, I couldn't, I can't necessarily, I wouldn't be able to necessarily tell you like how I would I would be able to envision how they would fit, but I think that he could come in and I think he didn't actually, I think he didn't end up playing a lot of backup five or is what I, what it would come down to. And your confidence in that would be the reason that you picked him. So, um, unless you think Paulo can play the five as well. Um, so that would be really the main case. Right. And Keandre, I want to kind of on my end shift to some of our Twitter followers. They, like I said, they posed some questions for you. I want to ask one, uh, here off the bat. Um, his name is, and his username is, and I don't know why, and I'm not going to speak to it, but his name is at shoes and bras. Uh, he says, should the Magic take Anthony Black with one of the picks, um, adding a long and elite passer that can be very versatile on the defensive end? What are your thoughts all encompassing on Anthony Black? Yeah, I'm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't really pick Anthony Black. I don't think he'd be really on my high on my radar um, for the Magic specifically. Um, I just think there's too many questions about the shot, and you're putting the ball in his hands. Um, it's not necessarily the thing that I, the direction that I would want to go when you have Paulo Franz and the, just the way that the offense works. And we've already seen like what it looks like when some when you know Markel Fultz and, and Jalen Suggs are in a backcourt and the kind of difficulties that it brings to the, the team as a whole. Um, and putting a, a guy like Anthony Black in that situation wouldn't be my go-to. I do think just as an overall prospect, I really do like him. I think that his combination of of skills as a six 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 seven guard who is able to defend well in multiple positions and you know make plays like you had mentioned or they had mentioned on twitter that is something that is intriguing i just wouldn't necessarily put it in this situation i think when you have a guy like Suggs who is a, a terrific defender um and i think that for me at least factors more long-term I'd rather try to go more you know creative whether that be in free agency or 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 whatever else a guy that really early on in in the process of, of watching the film of these prospects that grabbed my attention you know I really like at six for the magic where it's kind of like this guy is the upside is so high you just kind of take him and you figure out the fit later what are your thoughts on on Cam Whitmore out of Villanova yeah, I like him more a lot. He's top five on my board. Um, you know, super high level athlete. Probably, I'd probably say he's the second best athlete in this draft, um, right behind men and a little above a star. I know, you know, I think they are probably like neck and neck. I just kind of prefer his power just a little more. I think he's a, a little bit more explosive or at least uses it more functionally. Um, but yeah, so he's a guy who I'm really intrigued by his ability to play both off the ball and, you know, some of the creation upside on the ball um, as a, you know, six 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 seven wing um, is able to, to guard uh, a couple positions and, um, you know, knock down a shot. I think that the thing with him is the playmaking and just kind of the overall decision making and feel and what that means for, you know, certain roles and being able to, to reach those highest end outcomes. I think that's something that's a real work in progress and he'll have to, to kind of work through. But like you said, the upside is really, really high. And I think going back to, you know, like coming into the year when he had the, the run in the FIBA Americas last year and just kind of the momentum he had before he got injured, um, coming into the, his freshman season at Villanova, they had a very kind of weird team and weird season this year. They weren't able to kind of fully figure it out and mesh, uh, obviously under a, a new coach. Um, but he's still in the process. He was able to perform and kind of show off his skill set. And I think in a situation like Orlando, I would like that. I would like to put that 
next to, you know, playmakers like Paulo and Franz, uh, everybody that is there. And, you know, kind of you're going to immediately get what he brings off the ball and then potentially be able to to kind of grow him and be able to see what else he can do um, in time. So he's definitely somebody who I really like. I think that there would be a a great, you know, one of the main guys on, on my board for the Magic, just given, you know, the upside that is there. So, um, yeah. Um, you mentioned a name in that uh, re- in that response, Keandre. You mentioned the Thompson twins, both of them. And that's kind of – that isn't a question I have because in the videos that I have seen, and like you mentioned, their athletic ability is great. The shot is a bit of a concern for some – for most people – where and also the talent they played against. Can you speak to like uh, you've done way more research than us? Can you speak to the talent the Thompson twins went against? And was there a big enough sample size against good talent to justify taking them, you know, obviously top six in the draft? Yeah. So I think I've, I've always been confused. Um, not necessarily confused, or just like the amount of attention that is put on the competition necessarily when we've seen them kind of well at least maybe my perspective i know a lot of people haven't you know watched them or covered them for as long um we've seen them come up to the through the high school ranks and and develop and grow and still be the same guys that they are and the ones that were able to be kind of flagship uh members of the overtime elite league um but they are playing against high level high school competition ranging from you know 19 to 16 and being ranked anywhere from top five in their class to, you know, um, top 30, somewhere in there, top 100 guys, all all the likes. And, you know, over the last two years, they have been focused solely on their games, developing. They don't have class. They don't have to do any of that. Um, So it's a little bit different environment than, you know, some of these other guys have been in, um, which is, I think, a positive long term. and we've also seen them play against professionals um, last summer, whether that be in the TBT, whether that be in their international tour where they played against Marc Gasol's uh, team. And we've seen them play um, against the uh, Adelaide 36ers of the NBL um, who beat the Phoenix Suns in, in the preseason last year. Um, they they played a little bit different players in those, so it, we can, it's not a necessarily a one-to-one. Um, but they did still perform, I mean, a little bit better than the SAR. They performed at a high level, and uh, the things that they do well translated. Um, they also played against Nikola Jurisic uh, and Mega last summer as well, who will be a, a draft pick in, in this draft somewhere in the early second round, likely. Um, so... You know, in saying all of that, getting back to the point, we've seen them in a lot of different settings and a lot of different situations, and what they do has always stood out in the same way. Now, would I have preferred to see them in the uh, in the G League or, you know, in an alternative league in the NBL somewhere else? Probably, yeah, because I felt like it was time that they could take that next step um, and kind of maximize their games, Um or at least the competition that they were playing in game. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I said, they're, they're taking all of this attention into their player development and the things that they need to work on. So it's not like a, uh, a situation where the only time that they're playing basketball is those regular season games in the OTE against, you know, some lower level competition. That's not like, all encompassing of who they are as players so that's kind of the the spiel on the competition I'm i know that's that's <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot of stuff um i often think about that because you know it's very easy to like put a label on them and just be like oh they're playing against 16 year olds you know can't shoot this that and the third it's like well there's a process to it and we've seen them improve at certain things over the last couple of years it's like there's a lot more context than just throwing labels on them or making compilations of their misses and you know everything like that i'm sold on the competition i don't think i'm gonna have anytime somebody <laughs> asks that i'm gonna say you need to watch this clip from this video that we did with keandre and it, and it's really not a big deal but talking more about the pick at 11 so you know there's four or five guys that the magic could probably pick at six to me, 11 is where the draft really changes quite a bit, and it, there's a little bit of a drop-off in talent there. A guy that Magic fans have been talking about forever, 
Probably, I'm, I'm going to be real with y'all. Most likely because of the kid's name is Dick. All right. That's why Magic fans are, that's why a lot of people are enamored with Grady Dick because of his last name. It, it just is what it is. What do you think of the, the odds of Grady Dick being there at 11? And then just talk a little bit. Obviously, he'd be a fantastic fit for the Magic. Yeah, I think there's a good chance. Um, I think that he would get past Washington at eight for sure. I think Utah and Dallas is where it gets interesting, um, depending on where the rest of the the draft went before that, because, you know, Indiana is looking for um, a four, three, somewhere in there. So, you know, there's a lot of those in this draft. I think they'll go look for to get, you know, Cam Whitmore, Jarris Taylor Hendricks, one of them. And then, Utah is going to be interesting because I think that they could use a point guard. Did they go Kaysom Wallace or Anthony Black? Um, Washington, the same. Um, and then Dallas could potentially trade that. You could bring another team in there. Do they just go ahead and scoop up Grady there? That would be the the biggest concern. But I do think that there's a good chance. I think he's like right there in that in that range. I have him ranked 11 or 12, somewhere right there. Um, and I think that he would fit perfectly for Orlando. And I, I think that's a, a big reason why, you know, a lot of the fan base would like to have um, him on the team because he spaces the floor. He moves well without the heat, without the ball. He, you know, make makes plays in a, in a team um, kind of setting and is able to, you know, be solid defensively. He's not a liability there and he has size and that kind of fits the, the kind of core of the magic right now. And he could, you know, potentially fit in a lot of different lineups that they run. So um, definitely a, a good chance that he's there. Um, but it, it, you would get nervous on draft night is what I would say. Yeah. Um, as far as I've got another um, Twitter question here mm-hmm. for you, Keandre. Uh, this one is focused on Whitehead, who has had, uh, I believe, a couple in- different injuries that seem to maybe have taken a, a toll on whether it be performance or just draft stock in general. Um, so on Twitter at DA underscore nice one says, Thoughts on Whitehead, worthy gamble at 11, uh, where kind of where he ranks as a shooter in this draft. It's really your all-encompassing thoughts, and if that second surgery has played a, a huge impact on him. Yeah, so Dariq was a, a top five-ish type of guy, or at least top 10 for most people coming into the year. Um, had the foot injury, had to get surgery coming into the season for Duke and then, um, you know, slowly worked his way back and kind of had to work his way into shape and, and game shape. But at the same time, as he, you know, played this year, he shot over 40% from three, um, which is something that we really wanted to see out of him. So that was a real positive and knowing that he does need to get that second surgery, um, you can kind of look at it as, you know, hey, he might be able to get back to where he was more athletically and just in the burst and being able to get certain spots on the floor, being able to to move laterally a little bit better. Um, and also hasn't made those necessary improvements as a shooter. So that's kind of the, the case for him as, you know, still kind of maintaining that stock. Um, I think at 11, that's probably that's probably a bit high, just given the kind of risk that is still there. Um, just given the injuries and everything. And I think that there's probably a, a few more uh, prospects who I would like a, a little more, but he is definitely still in those like teens range um, for me at this point, but I do like him. I think that he's um, a really solid, you know, shooter. I think he's proven that this year. I think that um, there is more upside in terms of the creation. He's just a, uh, a guy who can make a play in a lot of different in spots, you know, be solid defensively. And then um, he's also one of the younger guys in the class too. So he could, he could literally be a high schooler right now. He actually is younger than some of those guys who are um, going into their freshman years of college next year. So um, it's going to be, it's going to come down to the teams and they're them getting that medical information and knowing like how much risk actually is there. I don't know all the details. So I can't tell you like specifically like, Oh, this is a stay away. This is going to linger forever. I just have no um, sort of perspective on that, but um, if he does check out and is able to kind of make his recovery um, like you want, I think he's definitely somebody who could kind of sneak up and be a, a steal for that reason. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Talking about you know, Grady Dick and the, the potential of him being there at 11, to me, it don't, like you're kind of hoping that a team is going to reach for a guy that you have kind of ranked you know, behind Grady Dick or behind some of these other guys. A few guys that that come up, you know, a couple of the the Michigan guys like Jet Howard, um, uh, is it Buffin, Kobe Buffin, uh, I think is how you pronounce his name. I could be completely butchering that. Bryce Sensabaugh, Keontae George. There's a lot of guys kind of in that range, kind of the back end of the lottery. Who are some of the guys that you really like in that range that you feel like might be sleepers and a, a team may reach in the way that people thought the magic reached for Franz Wagner a few years ago? I think one of those guys who really could end up like a Dallas at 10 or just kind of jumping is Derek Lively um, out of Duke just for his rim protection, which is high level and would be the best in a class. And most times that there's not Victor women, in it um, and his ability to finish plays and, you know, finish above the rim. Now, offensively, like he's still got a lot of things to work on, just like screen setting and, you know, having touch around the rim and being able to finish things that aren't dunks. Um, but, you know, some of the – he's able to play a few different coverages in a pick and roll. Obviously, back to that rim protection is a high-level asset. We saw what Walker Kessler did from the jump in the NBA last year. That's a thing that I think a lot of teams are going to be enticed by, and it might, you know, boost his stock back up. So that would be one that I think could be a realistic possibility, especially if uh, Dallas stays there at 10 to just kind of get some help on the back line um, for a team that, like, really needs it in the worst way. Um, if they were to keep the pick, uh, I think that so, you know, and also like the guys that you mentioned before, um, a Kobe Bufkin, um, Keontae George, probably not Bryce Sensible. I'm a little higher on him than than most other people are. I don't know if that his stock would necessarily rise that far. Um, but yeah, that's that's the main ones. I think Derek Lively is probably he'd be my pick if I had to like bet bet on it um, to to rise like that. The Main concern for a lot of people in the Magic uh, fan group is shooting. Keandre, if you have to give us, let's say, the best two or three shooters that are realistic, right? Not just dudes that literally only shoot in one dimensional that will go in second round, but in the first round, lottery-wise, best two to three perimeter shooters purely. Yeah, so... We've already talked about one of them a lot, Grady. He's at the top of the list for me. Um, it is really close to kind of differentiate between these guys because they do a little bit different things, and there's a little bit different versatility between them. But Grady is at the top of the list. Jordan Hawkins is the other one I know a lot of Magic fans are um, interested in, and he's been mocked there in, in certain different places and um, a lot of conversation around him. I really like his versatility and be able to, to shoot on the move. I think he is excellent at that. His footwork, his balance is amazing i could watch his highlights all day um now at 11 i think it might be a little high just given he's a you know six four dude he's still slender um he's not going to be able to necessarily guard up as easily um or defend wings as easily i do think he competes there and he's tough and he plays bigger than he actually is built um but it is a little bit different and also you have to consider the fact that he's um, I'm sorry, I'm going a little bit long over not just his shooting, but just kind of what he what he brings to the table. Um, but just his like amount of creation and be able to do stuff outside of just shoot the ball. Um, but those two and then you obviously Brandon Miller, he's going to probably I mean, pro- most likely go top three at the worst. Um, he's a, he's in there. And then um, Jet Howard, Bryce sends the ball um, would be in the mix as well for some of the best shooters. DeAndre, who is your absolute favorite prospect in this draft? Maybe not the best, but you, you talked about uh, about Jordan at a, at a UConn, but who is like your very favorite prospect to watch in this class? 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's definitely Victor Wimbanyama. I think that'd be the answer for everybody. Um, I can't tell you how hard it was to boil that video down to 20 minutes. Um, it started out, it was like 28 minutes long. That's how long it was of his, his highlights and everything. Um, but obviously that's kind of cheating. I think outside of that, I would probably go with, It's a tough decision. I want to try to, I would go with Cam Whitmore. I think I really like him. He would be one of the the guys who I enjoy watching a lot. And then outside of him, I like Max Lewis um, out of Pepperdine. Um, just to kind of give a, a different answer than, than before. But yeah, those are some of the guys I watch. I like watching Jordan Hawkins. I already said him, of course, but um, I enjoy watching them a little bit more than, than some of the others. We're skeptical that the Magic are going to use both picks. You know, 6 and 11, you have a super young team. Do you want to add two more rookies when everybody's talking about playoffs, playoffs, playoffs? The Magic also have the 36 pick, you know, in the second round there. Who is, like, your favorite second-round guy in in this uh, draft cycle? Favorite second-round guy? That's a tough question, too, because you never know who's going to end up in that from 20 to, you know, like 40 on anybody's board, those could be the, the late first or early second round picks. Like take Jaden Hardy, for example, last year. I thought he should go in the top 20. He goes all the way um, to where he does it, 37, I believe. Um, and so that's a kind of a difficult question. I think that some second round guys that I like, um, I like Andre Jackson Jr., I know he's gotten some first round buzz in there, but I kind of like his ability, not necessarily for the magic specifically, but um, just his game ability to kind of affect the game in multiple ways. Great athlete, um, good size on the wing is able to defend and just kind of makes those, those next level plays, whether both, you know, as a lead ball handler and um, in other situations and being able to screen dribble handoffs, all those kinds of things. He's a winner. Um, So I really like him. And then, I would say, I would say Ben Shepard, you know, out of Belmont. He had a really good week this week at the combine. Really boosted his stock. Six six, um, solid size on a wing or as an off guard. Can really shoot the ball and does it in in a number of ways at a high level. And the thing with him was coming from the Missouri Valley was, uh, can he you know scale up to these level of athletes and um, this level of competition. And he did that in a, in a big way, scored 25 points in the second scrimmage. So uh, he would be another guy who I'm, I'm really interested in, but there's a, there's a lot of players in that sort of range that I um, like, and I think teams will like to. Magic fans. If you didn't know before, you know, now Keandre from hoop intellect, the go-to on YouTube for all your draft prospect needs from year to year. Keandre tell folks where they can find you, man. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, Hoop Intellect, doing a lot of draft scouting reports. New big board will be dropping very soon. Um, so definitely stay tuned to the channel for that. And then on Twitter, I'm at Hoop Intellect. I'll tweet occasionally. I'm usually working most of the time. So that's why I'm not live tweeting games. Uh, I'll have it up while I'm editing something or, or doing that. But yeah, on, on Twitter, YouTube, um, that's where I kind of make my stuff. So I appreciate you guys for having me on. Always, man. What last question? What is like the end goal for you with this? Is it just YouTube or are you hoping that, you know, you catch a team's eye someday and you, you work for a team, whether that be at the collegiate level or the NBA? Like what what's the dream for Keandre? Yeah, I'm kind of just taking it, you know, for what it is at the moment. Um, I've always had aspirations to to work for a team and, and work closely to the actual situation. Um but I'm kind of just patient and, and allowing those things to to happen how they will and then just be able to to parlay whatever happens with YouTube into something else, you know, um, just kind of been doing my thing uh, this entire time because it, that's how it started is just having an outlet to talk about basketball and everything. So just kind of taking it to wherever it leads me. Well, keep it up, man. It's going to lead you somewhere. I know that for sure. Again, we appreciate you taking the time man. always fun talking with you. We'll be, we'll be talking again next year, but probably, hopefully not in the lottery at least. And that'll really <laughs> open the conversation up for you big time because once you get into, you know, after the lottery, it's really anything can happen, man. But thanks again for joining the show, man. Always great talking to you. I know our fans are really going to appreciate this. Yeah, definitely. Anytime, man.
And like I said, towards the end of our conversation with Keandre Luke, if you don't know, now you know Keandre is the man for all of your draft prospect needs. Find him on YouTube at Hoop Intellect. Always good talking to Keandre Luke. What was your biggest takeaway? You walk away from that conversation, you're like, my perspective has changed. My perspective hasn't changed. I just feel so much more confident that the Magic are getting a really good player at six. Mm-hmm. Like We're not hoping and praying, like, oh, the draft has to break just right for us to get this guy. Like there, there are three or four guys that I'm super comfortable with taking at six. And this is like the first time, like I said, I watch, you know, Keandre's videos. I listen to, you know, his perspective, but then I try to draw my own conclusion. I wasn't super high on Jairus Walker the first time I watched the film, hearing everybody like Jairus Walker, Jairus Walker, Jairus Walker. I'm like, all right, what am I missing? Let me go back and watch it again. And a lot of like the the upside with like the self-creation stuff, when you put that on top of his defensive versatility, when you put that on, you know, the fact that he he might have some potential as a shooter in the future and the playmaking, like passing out of like the the short rolls and, um, you know, dribble handoffs and that kind of stuff. I was just like, man, like I feel pretty good about where I am right now, kind of in our pre-draft process. And that tells me that John and Jeff, they probably have a really good idea. Like we're going this guy or we're going this guy at six by now. Yeah, that was really my biggest takeaway. The Magic are going to do really well in this draft. Yeah, I think mine was the Thompson Twins. Because as someone who hasn't good one. watched a lot of draft prospect film, like I, I've maybe watched each of their videos once, like a, any YouTube videos, some Keandre's and then others just to get more flavor as well. But um, just as someone who hasn't dove super deep into it, one of the biggest things that I keep hearing over and over was the competition level, the competition level, the competition level. So to hear Keandre essentially say, don't worry about the competition level, just look at what they're doing and talking about the other experience outside of OTE and that league that they've had and they've played against and how they've, you know, seemingly still been themselves and still been able to show out no matter who it is was super encouraging. Um, and maybe, you know, definitely helped me in terms of just the the any type of way that I was resisting away from the Thompson twins just thinking that they were just purely athletes and that it won't they might not translate and it just seems scary to me. But uh, you know, hearing them talk about that definitely assured me that like you said, whoever the magic get at six is going to be good. Um, you know, we're we've we have a great shot at them panning out in one way or another. Maybe, you know, and I said you know, the Magic aren't in a position that they have to, you know, shoot for the stars, hit a home run. They can take an obvious pick and just and go from there. Does this front office take an obvious pick? I don't know. But we will see come draft night. For some reason, the competition level thing, like I've heard that a few times. It wasn't a big concern to me because, like, it's not just Keandre. Like, any mock draft you look at for, like, a year now, those guys have been towards the top. And in my brain, I'm like, those guys know more than me. So if they're not concerned about that, then it probably isn't as big of a deal as some people are trying to make. Luke, the question that I have for you is, with what you know so far, Mm -hmm. who do you want at six? So right now, I I would love to address shooting at six. Um, I know that there's guys that you can take a, a swing on because you'll figure out the fit later, like you said, you know, in our talk with Keandre when talking about, you know, Cam Whitmore. But for me, I like Taylor Hendricks. Um, I, I don't, and I liked that Keandre put his name in there for the conversation at six. Made me think maybe I'm, I'm not crazy for being on board. Um, Taylor Hendricks, just for the sole reason that he can shoot, he can stretch the floor. He's six nine. He's a forward. We talked about this after the lottery, where I mentioned like there's a lot of big boys in the top ten. They're all no matter their position. It feels like they're all six seven or bigger. So with the exception of maybe one. So yeah, I'd say Hendricks for me. I don't know if it's the allure of you know a local guy, but it doesn't. You don't hurt. like UCF. Don't even. You're I wearing your Gator st- shirt right now. I can't. You're right. I can't stand UCF. It's, so it's definitely not the allure of a local guy. It, it could be. 
Like it's it doesn't turn me off. You're better. No, than I'm that. not. Listen, I would never pander to anybody with UCF. You didn't win a national championship in uh, in football, by the way. Anyway, Taylor Hendricks, man, I, I do think that like we just it, lost a lot of subs. That's fine. It's happened before, you know. But what I will say, as far as he goes, he's going to put butts in seats for that. There's a there's a crowd that goes to UCF basketball games. There's season ticket holders. There's people that are in booster. They people that are invested. Whoever it might be. And now you get to pack the seats even more. And they'll go to those games against big market teams like the LA's, the New York's, whatever. Um, and, and I think that they'll put more butts in seats with Taylor Hendricks. I don't know if it'd be a huge boost, but I just still know that the storyline will be there. People will rally behind him way quicker and uh and give him maybe a longer leash than some people tend to give uh picks in that range if they're not doing as well right off the bat. I think that it would be a great storybook ending to his college career to say that he gets drafted to the Orlando Magic. One and done. So not much of a, of a college career there, but it would still be a great story. What I like the most about his answer and in involving Taylor Hendricks is you asked basically like, who does he think could come in and contribute to the magic the most right away? He, he almost didn't want to give an answer because like there's so again, so many different directions he could go with it. But he did mention Taylor Hendricks as a guy with his shot blocking, with you know his you know shooting, uh, you know prowess, a, a guy that could help the Magic from day one. So again, like we're talking about Jarris Walker, Cam Whitmore, Asar Thompson, you know potentially Grady Dick at six, Taylor Hendricks. Like you have so many guys that realistically like should and will be there. If those guys aren't there at six, you know what that means. That means Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson is sitting there at six. Like, there's there's no draft outcome that isn't going to be great for the Magic. Yeah, like, the, the draft thinking, can break however it wants. I don't care. Wemby falls to six. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, so what I will add, this is in this hypothetical, Jonathan. I'm taking you to the hypothetical where this front office exercises both picks. I think in this land of both picks. I think it involves Cam Whitmore at six where you don't really satisfy the need for a shooter. And then it gets to Grady Dick, right? Which we talk about. He said that there might be a chance they fall to 11. It gets where he falls to 11. It gets dicey at nine and 10, right? A a team. He mentioned though, a team could trade up to 10 and snag Grady Dick. Is there a chance that the magic trade up to nine to ensure that they get the shooter that they want and Grady Dick or Hendricks or whoever it is that might fall. We won't know until draft night, but that was kind of a hypothetical that I was thinking about in the back of my head as he's going through that. Is there a chance that the the magic trade up just one or two spots to make sure that they get their guy and that nobody does that to gr- swoop in and, and grab a, a Grady Dick? I think it's possible. I just find it difficult given the teams that are going to be you know, in that range, who, who is nine? Is it, is it Indiana at nine? I know the Mavs are at, yeah, 10. it's uh, nine is Utah here. So it's Utah. Nine. Indiana's at seven, excuse yep. me. And you Washington's so, eight. Utah and, and Dallas. I just don't know what the magic could offer either of those teams that would entice them to move back more specifically Dallas, because we start t- like thinking about it here. Like, what are you really going to give to move up? If it's Dallas, Gary Harris is a. I don't know that you want to like blow that asset to move up one spot. I probably would not. But off the top of my head, like a piece that we could offer Dallas that they could be like, okay, we're good with moving back one spot. Does mm-hmm. Chuma OKK move the needle for the Dallas Mavericks? I really don't know how other teams view Chuma at this point. For me, if a team was offering us their pick and Chuma, to move back one spot. Like, you know what? I, I think I'm good where I'm at. I just want to get the guy that I want to get. Utah, really a lot of the same thing. You know, They're a rebuilding team to a certain extent, but what are you going to be able to offer them that you're good with parting ways with? I Chuma, are you going to move bowl? I just, I don't think it makes a ton of sense for those teams to move back. Now, if Chuma and 11 gets you to 10 or gets you to nine, Add another year of an extension on a John and Jeff's contract. Cause to me, that would be 
if if you are that confident that they're about to take the guy that you really have circled, if it is a Grady Dick, and you move up and you end up with Cam Whitmore and Grady Dick from this draft, and it costed you Chuma OKK or Bull Bull or whatever, to me, like that is a home run grand slam of a draft. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. All right, Luke, I think that's going to do it for us and wrap this up. We're going to continue to have a lot of conversations around the, the, the draft moving forward here over the course of the next four weeks. So make sure that you stay tuned in. As great as Keandre's perspective is, it's always good to get multiple opinions you know, and, and find you know, what, what people around the team you know, may be saying about you know, these things as well. So, But that is going to do it for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show. And we will catch you guys time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Hey!